So this is the fourth episode of Respect the Beef, and this week we are speaking to Stacey Bowles of Smart Locavore. Um, she is a very smart lady, and she has developed this online database to match local vendors with people who want to buy their produce. Um, smart Locavore is all over Canada and the northern US. Enjoy. You can hear me good though now. Yep, we're good now. Awesome. This is the second one I've done today. I did one earlier with uh, a chef from Vancouver who um, they kind of try and use local produce and local ingredients as much as they can. And yeah, he'll be oh, my next episode. And yeah, it was kind of cool. And it was a nice segue into this one for the week after because he was going on about local sourcing is not always easy and I was like well actually I know a woman <laughs> who... that's perfect <laughs> yeah so it kind of worked it 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 worked really well amazing that's so great to hear I love hearing those stories yeah right absolutely like honestly I'm one of those people that when I go to a restaurant and I see on the menu that they've got it written down that, you know, this product's from a local farm um, or this is from around the corner. I actually get a little bit excited as I'm reading through the menu. I'm like, oh, fantastic. They support local. That's what I like to see. Right. So um, can you, I know that you've started the Smart Locavore. Did you come up with the name or is, is Locavore like a term that's kind of out there? Because the first time I heard it was when you reached out to me. Okay. Yeah. So I did not make the name up. Locavore is a term. I have heard it used briefly in the past. Um, it's not well known, uh, you know, and some people off the bat don't really understand what it is, but yeah, Locavore essentially is a person that attempts to eat food from local sources whenever possible. So, and then I just kind of you know, tagged the smart in front of there and uh, put the two together. And that's just kind of the name that I went with. It works. <laughs> it does it's, work. Yeah, it does work. <laughs> so can you tell me, like, just start from maybe a wee bit about you and then um, what you're hoping to accomplish with Smart Locavore? Yeah, absolutely. So my backstory I am a born and raised farm girl. I grew up on a beef farm in southwestern Ontario, um, outside of Listowel, actually. So my parents are still farmers today. Uh, we have about 300 acres. Um, I think at one point in time, there was about 200 head of cattle, um, but that was my upbringing. Um, you know, the daily chores on the farm, I think the farm girl roots uh, really stay strong. <laughs> you never kind of lose those roots right um I'm not from farming background <laughs> oh you're not no way no. okay <laughs> but you love the farming life now right absolutely absolutely <laughs> so I still live in the heart of what I consider farming country in southwestern Ontario um and you know back then my sister and I we were the kids that sold the sweet corn at the farm stand around the corner uh, you know, my parents would often sell half of a butchered cow to a neighbor or a friend, somebody that wanted it, or even a full cow. Um, so I think that's kind of where the idea sprung from. Last year when COVID hit, I mean, you go to the grocery store and none of the staples would be on the shelf. No bread, no orange juice, no milk. Like it was, you know, it was hard to get meat. It was hard to get anything, to be honest. Um, so I just kind of had a light bulb moment, if you will, uh, last summer, maybe. 
um, and thought, you know, it's so hard to source locally. And yes, there's Facebook groups that are, um, you know, like in the geographic locations where you can find things for sale. But I find that often items get lost in the groups. Like you're looking for something, you got to scroll through. And there are other areas too that have these type of groups that, you know, you can find things sourced locally. But because I live in an area that borders on two different counties, I found myself searching through different websites. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wouldn't it be so much easier if there was just one dedicated website and not necessarily just for the area that you're in, but for all of North America. So if you're traveling um, and you want to get fresh fruit when you're out in British Columbia, you want to find beef when you're in Alberta, you want to visit a farm, um, or, you know, you're down South, you know, somewhere in Florida and you want to see an orange farm, or you just want to be able to have the option to buy, um, you know, your fresh produce from a farm stand. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there was one website where you could go on and just find whatever you need, wherever you are. So that I guess was kind of the, how the idea came forth. Um, and then last year I just kind of reached out to a bunch of farmers that I knew were selling product already and, uh, asked them to list on the site. And that's kind of how the, you know, the minimum viable product, um, became a thing. The farmers were on board. They were enthusiastic. They thought it was a great idea. Um, and then the listings just kept growing. So I think we're up to about almost 800 listings now throughout North America. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And full range of everything, you know, beef, chicken, pork, uh, produce, uh, you know, fruits, the vegetables, um, basically anything you can think of it's on there. Did, did, did I see skincare or something on there the other day? Um, you know what? I think there is actually, there is a few handmade products. Um, that one might've been from a lavender farm actually in Ontario where they make their own. Yeah. Where they make their own products that could be on there too. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty cool. It is cool. I think it's, um, it's really, I know there's a lot of people out there who want to buy local and they want to support local, but it's just so easy just to go into Walmart and go, Oh, screw it. And stock up your trolley and head to the checkout and you're done. But to have, have this resource and this easy to find easy to use, it does make it easier and more accessible, which is kind of what I think in my first podcast, I was trying to say to people was we are everywhere. Like we being Waikikahe Ranch are not unique. There are farms like us all over that if you really want to go and buy beef straight from a farmer or egg straight from your neighbor or whatever vegetables, then there is there we're all over and smart locavore will definitely make that easier. hundred percent. And you know, that's the thing I think a lot of times your neighbors are selling great products. You just don't know. Yeah. And I think the other piece to that too, is sometimes, um, especially with beef, I would think too, or even, you know, just purchasing like beef, pork. Um, some people don't know how to order it from the farmer. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when the farmer sends it off to the butcher, um, I, there's the different cuts of meats, there's the dressed weight. So I think a lot of it too, is the education piece behind it. I'm hoping that the platform allows, you know, a consumer to come on there and reach out to the beef farmer like yourself and say, Hey, I actually want to buy your beef, but I don't understand how to order. You know, can you let me know? So I'm hoping it bridges that gap as well. I had a, I had a phone call like that this morning, actually, it was, I really want to buy a quart of a cow, but I have no idea how, 
And it is an education thing. And the only way to really bridge that gap is to just swallow and jump and do it. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. so many people think that they can order, well, I want five roasts and I want 20 pounds of ground. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Like yeah. you, you have your quarter and you can choose what cuts you want but you can't choose how many because it varies so much from carcass to carcass or animal to animal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we had, I think when we were first chatting, I had said that uh, people, some people read things in a different way and sometimes you've really got to dumb it down for people. And that yeah. sounds so, that sounds awful. But I mean, I know that I understand things in a different way to my husband and I ex exasperate him when I'm like more <laughs> lateral than, than literal. But I had an ad up for a meat pack, which was $10 per pound for 10 pounds, meat for a week. And I think three people bought one thinking they were getting all this meat for $10. And I'm like, Unbelievable. no, that's $100. <laughs> Simplest is best, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how simpler to make it. <laughs> so um, where do you see this growing? Um, so what's in the works right now is I'm actually developing, developing an app for it. I actually Excellent. think that, uh, yeah, it might be more widely used if there was an app on your phone, you know, kind of like Kijiji or Craigslist where you have the app and you go in and you're like, Hey, what am I looking for today? Or what's new on the site today? For sure. And you can just pop in there and see everything. I think that would be easier and more widely used than just the website. Obviously the two would be connected though. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I'm just working on building the site up more, you know, getting more vendors on there who want to sell direct to customers. Um, and, you know, just doing more kind of public outreach to let the general population know that this, uh, platform even exists. Um, so yeah, so I think that's the future works right now. It's super exciting. You know, I still get giddy every time I see a new listing on the site, I do a little bit of a happy dance. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> So one day I'm sure that, you know, I'll stop doing that, but for now it's still really exciting. I don't think so. I mean, I'm like, yeah, every time an order comes through or I get an email, I get that kind of elated feeling and your stomach leaps because you're doing what you want to do and it's working and you're making a difference that I think, I, yeah. I, I don't think you'll ever lose that. And I think that's a great point. I truly feel aligned with this project because I feel that I can make a difference with this. So being the born and raised farm girl that I am, I always want the platform to stay free for the farmers to use. You know, I can't see, um, you know, making them pay when I already know how hard farmers work. Um, so I'm truly hoping that this absolutely stays free for the future. Mm. So we, um, we were reached, someone reached out to us, I guess, late last year. So December, 2020, maybe early January. And it was something kind of similar, but it was just for the Kootenays. So we live uh, in the boundary region between the Okanagan and the Kootenays of BC. Okay. Um, and it was called Ballasters. And they were trying to do this. They were trying to be a local resource. Uh, it was going to be free for a year. And then you had to, Okay. you had to, they would take, a, I think, a percentage. So if something cost 10 bucks, they might take two bucks or something. Um, yeah. And I uploaded my store onto there. We, we did a couple of sales, but I got okay. an email from them yesterday saying that um, we tested a concept, we learned a lot and have decided to suspend operations. Oh no. And that was it. So it's gone away. 
Okay. Just went away. Okay, and, and, it went. and then they were thanking us for our participation. And um, but they didn't say why they had stopped it. But I kind okay. of I was getting excited about that, thinking, yes, this is gonna be a, like we do our own thing and we have our own store, yes. but having that mirrored somewhere else that's gonna reach yeah. other people was amazing. But then yep. they've just stopped it. It, it, it just stopped. <laughs> So unfortunate. And I think what you just said too about having your own site. So what Smart Locovore does as well is in the description of your listing or even just uh, about your farm, you can list back to your own website. So you don't need to put every single product in. You can literally just put one category in for beef if you wanted to, and then direct all your sales back to your website if that's what you currently have set up. See that, that, that would be, that's easier than what we were doing with this company was I had to redo everything. Like, even though I have it all in my store, I was having to okay. duplicate it, but yeah, that would, I am going to get around to doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And, um, how did you, like, how did you find us and how, how do you find all these people? Cause you must reach out to them to get them on your store. And you've, I've, I've had a look and there's, or not your store, but your database, like it's everywhere. Like how, how did you find them? <laughs> Um, I think I came across you on Facebook, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you had maybe posted in a group um, or just a Facebook listing somewhere. A lot of the outreach I'm doing right now is through Facebook. Um, the current farmers, growers, and producers that list on Facebook Marketplace. Um, those seem to be the easiest ones to transition over to the site. One, because Facebook is cracking down on the firm to table listings. Yes. You're not allowed so, to sell animals or animal products. No. So honestly, if you're trying to find eggs, um, a lot of people have them listed now as either empty egg carton will fill for nuggets. free for like $4 or butt nuggets. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny, but yeah. So a lot of those ones are tr transitioning over to the site because it's, it's, and to get on the site, it's easy. It's all you need is an email address. Mm -hmm. So you just, you know, a couple clicks and you've got an account and then you can list whatever you want. So yeah, right now it's a lot of Facebook outreach. So, and I'm actually surprised how many people advertise on Facebook marketplace, but you know, I think at one point, um, it was a great platform that worked for those type of sales. Yeah. Until they start. Cause I, we did really well on Facebook marketplace last year Okay. and they allow, they didn't allow animal products like, uh, bones or ivory or things like that but you yeah. didn't say anything about meat but now you're not allowed anything and okay the bots the bots go around and search and um I've I mean I still do post but I've been doing things like um I'll post a, pr a picture of a field like just a field of grass that's all yes. it is and yeah. then I'll insert text to say grass fed and then I'll say beads it's not beef or cows <laughs> but or put like put like the cow emoji in there <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I even had one guy, he said, Hey, excuse me, but I just wanted to point it out. You spelled beef wrong. And I'm like, well, actually, no, I haven't. It's so I, I don't get canceled by the bots. <laughs> the struggle, right? Yeah, I, it's crazy. But yeah, I, I do. I do laugh at the eggs with the, with their butt nuggets. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> Very creative. That's for sure. <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah. So um, what's your next step after the app? Um, I think it's all going to be marketing. You know, I want to roll this out as quick as I can to as many people as I can. Um, you know, the quicker I get eyeballs on this and visibility, you know, the more potential for direct sales to the farmers and growers. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just 
constant marketing. And that might mean, you know, using influencers, um, whether they're YouTube or Instagram, I've gone that route a little bit. Um, I tested the waters, um, already with a couple of Instagram influencers, which had great success. So, you know, it's just, uh, I guess getting word out there as quickly as I can. Well, hopefully this will help. Like I do share, I share this, um, on farming in the Maritimes and farming in Saskatchewan and, um, all our local farming groups. So I'm sure that that does hit a lot of producers. So hopefully that'll help give you visibility and, um, drive more vendors and more producers to your platform. Amazing. I love it. Thank you. And in turn, I hope that gets you more business. I hope so. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, um, so what are your, I guess, views, like the local movement, like being a farm girl and a, a beef coming from a beef background, um, yeah. where do you stand with the movement that we're getting told like beef is bad and cows are bad for the environment. And they're going on and on about the environment and the uh, greenhouse gas emissions of cattle when they should really be dialing it in even more and promoting buying local and not banning beef. Yeah, I think it's misinformation and a lack of education. So I think someone somewhere got a hold of some type of news article and it blew up, you know, because social media can blow up so fast. And I think people have gotten stuck on something that's completely misinformed. Um, and you're right. The focus should be more on just buy local, stop buying things from the grocery store, you know, that you can get from your neighbor. So like that really should be the focus, but yeah, you're right. It's just uh, it's a bit of a struggle with, I guess, you know, beef has gotten a bad name in the past because of the emissions, but um, I think it's, I think it's not true. And I think that unfortunately, you know, some people have heard some things and they stick with it without actually doing their own uh, form of research. Yeah. It's like just, just the right amount of information that is dangerous. Yes. <laughs> and people right? don't get the full story. And it's, you know, Facebook fantasy world. Somebody reads something on there and it definitely must be true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, I saw it on Facebook. So it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you had a direct line to, um, both your customers and future customers. And I guess your customer would be, be the vendor. So their customers as well. What would be the yeah. one message you would want to whisper in their ear and make sure that they, they took home with them? Into the vendors themselves or just for the platform? Um, so like if you, if you could talk to my potential customers to buy or if you could yes. talk to both vendors to use your platform and customers to use your platform to find vendors, what message would you give them? Support your local neighbor. You are getting the freshest and best food locally. So take a few minutes out of your day, search the platform for what's near you and start supporting, you know, your local neighbors and businesses. And for the vendors, you know, get on board. It's a completely free resource to use. There is no risk. Um, you sign up and, you know, hopefully customers come your way. It's as easy as that. And at the end of the day, we all win because you're getting more money directly in your pocket and you're allowing people to buy locally. Yeah, I am. I, I totally agree. And I also, um, I sometimes have a bit of a skewed opinion in that I don't often view other ranches as competitors. I feel 
the more of us there are, the more that we become mainstream, the more acceptable it becomes and more people want to buy. So yeah. it's not like I don't want to shut down the ranch down the road because they do beef as well. There is plenty of customers out there for everyone. I want to promote them as much as I want to promote us because the more of us that do this, the more accessible and acceptable it becomes. A hundred percent. And I mean, you know, there might be a time where your local rancher is at a beef and they're going to suggest you to buy from or vice versa. Right. It happens. Um, so that you're right. Like let's support others as well. And I always say too, competition is validation, you know? So if there's competitors, it means that there's a market for it. Exactly. And there's a huge market. I mean, everybody eats. <laughs> yes. So eat locally, exactly. <laughs> buy more local. And I'm not saying like, buy, you know, replace everything in your fridge and cupboards with local food. Cause that's not possible. Um, but you know, maybe it's, you start small and you find, you know, you find that one thing that your neighbor's selling, maybe it's maple syrup and you start buying from them instead of buying, you know, the stuff from the grocery store that came from another country, you know, yeah. um, you know, pick one thing and make a conscious effort to replace that with something local and then just grow. It just grows. It does just grow. And honestly, it gets exciting when you go to the farmer's market and you start picking out things that, you know, were brought in by farmers and growers from your area and you go home with the freshest produce or you know the best cuts of meat around it's exciting and I think too that's when you start bragging to others you're sitting down at the dinner table and maybe you've got friends over and you're like hey this beef actually came from this ranch uh you know just a couple miles down the road like it's amazing yeah it is we um there's a couple things we so I don't know how old, how old you are, but I guess you're kind of my age. <laughs> we but might like, be around the same age. <laughs> when we were kids, the ability to buy things from further afield wasn't there as much as it is now. So you would go to the store and it was a lot, it was very much seasonal. So they would have, there would be shelves of strawberries, June, July, and there would be every type of potato you could think of October, November like it was super seasonal and local and it tasted amazing yeah. whereas I find if you go to the store and you're buying strawberries in December they don't taste right they don't taste no. the same as the strawberries that you're getting in June well and you have to think too like those strawberries were picked you know before they were ripe the ones in December before they were ripe and shipped on a truck somewhere to be brought in and ripened on the truck so that they're they're ripe by the time they get to the grocery store right so it's a completely different method of getting the food to the grocery store. And they're blander. They're not as yes. beautiful. There's nothing better than picking a strawberry right out of the patch and eating it right there. Exactly. <laughs> there, there isn't. And then the other thing that jumped into my mind when you were saying that was, um, so we used to live in China. We lived there for two years and we okay. used to walk to this indoor market and it was huge. It was like, it was kind of like the size of, I don't know, a couple of, football stadiums like it was or it was the size of a football stadium it was massive yep. undercover and people would, would be coming from all the surrounding farms and selling their stuff and there would be we would get corn in the summer but that was the only time and all the vendors like we were we we lived in a place called Wuhan which was um where COVID maybe started <laughs> this was a few years ago okay. now <laughs> this is way back You're in 2000 <laughs> But we, we were like the only 
Caucasians, only Westerners there. And they would literally try and do everything to get us to buy from them. And we would go and buy our eggs from this one lady. She had like missing front teeth and she would just yeah. have this big beaming smile. And we, um, she would tell, we only know this because uh, our tra tra translator would kind of say, she was so proud that her like selling sign was the white people buy from us. Or like, oh. I think they call us yellowhead <laughs> because we're black. Oh, really? But, and that was her selling point. And it kind of, she was able to, to charge a few extra UN for her, for her eggs because we, we bought there. No way. That's amazing. <laughs> it was, it was this, like, it wasn't a store. It was just this market and they had everything. Like we never bought the meat there because I, okay. I, I couldn't do it. It was hanging yeah. flies and it was hot and I wasn't quite there yet, but, yeah. <laughs> but we did buy all our vegetables and teas and coffees and yeah amazing yeah, it was awesome <laughs> they should have that here minus the five <laughs> i'm more than happy to kind of like revisit this in like say three or four months time for like an update like you can give an awesome update and how things are going yeah um, i i'd love that did you listen to the first two respect the beast yeah my god you have a lot of great information like stuff <laughs> i had no idea like the the grass fed versus the or the versus the grain finished yeah like, and I mean, growing up on a beef farm, there's just things that you don't, I guess I just never thought about. Like, it's just the way we did things, right? Because we were grain finished for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had great information. I was super impressed. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was, I couldn't work out why, like, I love beef. Like, I really love beef. And yeah. coming here, coming, uh, I've been here for 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't work out why it tasted so different and why I would rather go and have lamb, which had more flavor. Like it just didn't taste right. And then it yeah. was because grass fed is a beefier beef. Like it's. That's amazing. I had no idea. I'm, yeah. I'm likely going to look for that now. <laughs> oh, I did yeah. have a question for you though. Oh yeah. Why, why do you move your cattle three times a day? So we do, it's called rotational grazing. So we, yeah. um, when we first moved here, we used to do hay and we had all the hay, hay equipment and we kept the cows we didn't have as many cows as we do now and we hayed all our pastures yep. um and then but we still had to buy in hay it just wasn't enough and then we started really looking into regenerative agriculture mm -hmm. and like soil health and pasture and it's cheaper for us to buy hay in from alberta it gets we buy it for like less than 200 a ton delivered and really okay. good alfalfa hay so we use all our home pastures for grazing. So rotational yep. grazing is um, you densely have them in one pasture and they, they don't tend to wander around and pick the best bits. They'll eat that whole pasture. Okay. And all their organic matter, like their urine, their poop, which is full of nitrogen, yep. nourishes the soil. So it switches on, on our soils. If you flood your field with um, chemical nitrogen, your soils switch off. Okay. And then they don't produce anything. And then you go to do it every year. Whereas we're trying to, they call it tickling the soils to kind of get them to work organically, not organic okay. in organic produce, but organically as in without the, yes. the interference okay. of chemicals. Okay. So then we keep them on there for a short amount of time. So they don't eat, eat it down to the nubs. And then we move them to the next field and that field recovers faster, thicker, lusher. And then we just keep on moving them through. So we, we do it two or three times a day because we're moving 270, 300 head of cattle. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but it's, it, it, it helps our soils. It helps, it um, makes them more 
lush and green and nutrient dense and that transfers into the meat amazing so the way your fields are set up so every, is everything already currently fenced or are you moving fencing as well when you move we, the cattle we have uh, electric fence so we have yeah. we have some cross fencing but we don't um when we bought this place there was nothing here there was just the oh, house wow. and there was hardly anything so we have um gallagher like rim ring top fence posts and yep. wheels and we um we have an electric fence unit that puts out like 16,000 volts. Yeah. Um, and we just move the fence. So we have okay. uh, horizontal fences that are hot that we just attach onto. Okay. And we move the electric fence. So we will fence a field into three pastures and we just open a gate and let them into the next one. And then we'll take down a fence and move it to the far end so that they keep on rotating through. Okay. Wow. That sounds like a lot of work too. <laughs> it, sounds, it, sounds worse. it sounds worse than it is. Like it, it doesn't take long to okay. uh, st- step in the posts and run the wire. Doesn't gotcha. Interesting. Okay. But it's uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's fun. We had a, we had a clinic here with Nicole masters a couple of years ago and she just blew my mind. Like Scott's been researching this and reading up about this. And I just never did. I just kind of left it to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I met her and she is an amazing lady. Like she is just, she hasn't, she's had an amazing life and the stuff she knows is just amazing. And she, um, if you read her book or I have the audio book, like she, she, she's working on this massive farm down in Montana and, um, it's a sheep farm, but she's been working with them for a couple of years and that you use all natural things to put on the soils. Like you're, you're using worm castings and and you're kind of wanting to switch the soils back on like that old adage of having to reseed every five years is so wrong. The reason they're having to reseed every five years is because all the chemicals they flood the soils with switch them off. So she's actually brought back prairie grasses that were deemed extinct the last 200 years wow so they're in the soil those seeds are there dormant and because she's kind of enhancing nature as opposed to chemically enabling things to grow they've all switched on and there's all these grasses that they thought had died out like back in like the early 1800s 1700s yeah it's kind of insane what was her name again nicole masters okay interesting called um for the love of soil okay cool yeah She's pretty cool. All these things I didn't know, I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. I will um, edit and try and get it down to 20 minutes. And I'll, it probably, it'll be towards the end of next week um, that this one will go live. But I will, let's keep in touch. I will put us on the platform but yeah let's uh come back to this if the podcast is still going strong which i hope it will be yes like yep. and, and we'll do like an update amazing love it thank you so much amy i uh sincerely appreciate it you're welcome thank you all right enjoy the rest of your day you too bye bye